All right. Amen. Good morning once again. If I haven't introduced myself, I'm Gary. I'm the pastor of the Brighton Heights campus. And I pray that you've been challenged and, and moved and encouraged already. Have you felt that already? I, I pray you have. I said, because as we come before God collectively like this and magnify him, he is in our midst. We, I know that. I believe it. I believe it scripturally. And I know it experientially. I know it from history. Right? God has a track record with me. And I know, again, so I so thankful, so thankful for his presence. Hey, I'm going to ask you to turn to Joshua chapter 23. Joshua 23. And uh, again, as you're turning there, just want to, uh, again, we celebrate kids today. And, you know, I've been, my wife and I have been blessed. We have six adult children, all married. And the main thing is they're all serving God. Hallelujah. And uh, we got nine grandchildren, nine grandchildren. Uh, again, so blessed, so blessed by God. And even though we're blessed, uh, you know, we still have concern about our kids for the future. Right? I get concerned about the next generation. Uh, even, even though we've been in a land of blessing. And what I have found is, as I get older, I have more concern. I'm more concerned. As the hair gets gray, or for some of us falls out, like, there's a greater concern for the next generation. Again, we're, I'm concerned. You know, because, man, I, I, you, know, you start thinking, man... As, as I'm looking forward, I mean, are, are they followers of God? Are they following God? Are they making wise decisions? Are they making kingdom decisions? Are they making good decisions for their families? Are our adult children making good decisions for their families? You know, because that matters to us. You because know, they may be their children, but they're my grandchildren. Okay, so, so, so I care. We care about that. We care about what's going to happen. And, you know, because again, because we've been in, in our life for my wife and I, We've seen the blessing of God. We, we've lived it. Our, our children, our adult children, they've seen God move. They've seen the miracles. They've seen the results of serving God. You know, but that doesn't mean they're going to follow it in the future. Right? And so there, there's, a, there's a concern. And that we should all have a concern for future generations. I'm concerned about the church of Jesus Christ. And that's going to continue to be, to be strong and going to continue to, to move forward. I mean, we know it's always going to exist, but I want it in my generation, the people that I'm walking with. I want to see the next generation not just, not just get by, man. I want to see them follow God in a stronger way than I did. Amen? Amen? I don't want them to just go to church. I don't, no, I just don't, no, that doesn't, I don't want more than that. And I hope you want more than that for your, for your heritage. Now, my, I pray that's your heart. Now, Joshua, who has been the focal point of our Courageous Faith series, okay, he can relate to your generational concern, your generational concern. Let's just look at this scripture as we close in on the end of the book. This is chapter 23, and let's, let's read this together. He says, Soon I will die, going the way of everything on earth. Deep in your hearts, you know that every promise of the Lord your God has come true. Not a single one has failed. But as surely as the Lord your God has given you the good things he promised, he'll also bring disaster on you if you disobey him. He will completely destroy you from this good land he has given you. Listen, Joshua has grave concern. Grave concern. He has led the people in amazing conquests over the past several years. Right? And, and they've seen God move. And now that time has really passed. That time has passed. Now they're, you know, they're, they're really, they're, you know, people are being sent home. The soldiers are being sent home. The major army uh, is no longer intact. Right? But, but, and they've seen the power of God. But he's concerned. He's concerned that, that the people, 
his people, his family will not continue in the wise ways of God. He has great worry here. And, and in light of this scripture, do you think there's a reason to have concern? Right? See, because again, because this promise is still true today. All right, it's still true. So yeah, Joshua's worried. He's worried. It doesn't matter what happened. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. In the light of this scripture, do you see why us praying for the next generation matters? Right? Again, just because you start, how many know just because you start well, you don't end well? You know, most people in the scripture, the major characters, didn't end well. Okay? They, we want to end well. We want to end well. We want to end strong. I, you know, I want to keep, I'm going to keep, I want to run faster at the end of the race than at the beginning because that's what smart people do in a race, right? I want, to, I want to keep it going. I want to keep rolling. I don't want to stop in this point. So for our kids, listen, we purpose to encourage them in their young faith. It's a purpose. It's an intentionality. We want to help you as parents and as guardians. We want to help you prepare those kids in their faith. That, that's a role that we all take. Okay? But I want you to know, parents, guardians, oh, it is your job. You're going to stand before God and, and be judged over that. But we want to help. Why? Because it matters. It, it matters. And they have to be prepared. Okay? We want every, everyone in the next generation to know, as it says in that first verse, every promise of the Lord your God has come true. God is trustworthy. That's what we want for our kids. Amen? Let's pray right now. Father, we come before you. God, we're here in your name. Father, we cry out, God. We cry out, God, for our kids right now, for the next generation. Father, they're going to know you. Many of us, were thinking of our children, or we're thinking of nieces and nephews, or you're thinking of grandchildren, or, or for people that you're an aunt or uncle to. You've adopted them. God, we lift them up to you. Father, we pray, God, they are going to know the truth. God, they're going to understand who you are. They're going to have a, a revelation of you, a true, deep understanding, not just in their head, but in their heart. We cry out for that. And God, open up our hearts today, Lord, as we, as we look to grow, grow and build that next generation and prepare them and ourselves for tomorrow. In Jesus' name, they all said, amen. 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 Now, let's, we're, again, believe it or not, we're at the end of this series on Courageous Faith. Okay, we've been in it for 47 weeks. Not really... 12. This is the 12th teaching. The 12th teaching on 24 chapters. We've taken our time with it. And we're closing out the series looking at chapters 23 and chapters 24. We're squeezing that in today. I cannot encourage you enough to really take the book of Joshua and read it the whole way through. Uh, see the leader that he is. And certainly I hope that today or tomorrow you take time to read chapters 23 and 24. 23 and 24. Through this, these last 12 weeks, we've followed the Israelites from the time Joshua led them across the river into this promised land. It's, we're guessing somewhere around 40 years. 40 years has passed. And we want to take a good look at Joshua's last address to the leaders and the people. I mean, he knows his time is near. He knows that he's not going to be here much longer. Okay, And, and Joshua has been an absolutely amazing man of God amazing man of God, the way he has walked in faith. He, he lived a life not just worth studying like we have, but a life worth following. A life worth following. You want to know someone to follow? Man, look at Joshua. And how many know last words matter? You know, listen, for the people that you love and you know that have passed on to the next life, you remember your last conversation. Whether it was good, bad, or, or 
basically nothing at all. You remember. You remember. And sadly, usually we regret that there wasn't more to that last conversation, right? Last words matter. And Joshua has been such an amazing leader, such an amazing leader, that certainly we care about his last words. If I could have been there for his last words, man, I wouldn't have missed it. I wouldn't have missed it. And so what are Joshua's last words to us? What's his last words? You are set for success. Okay, remember, these are the things Joshua wanted them to know. And what he's implying is you're set for success. There's still promises. There's promises that remain. And God is faithful both ways. God's faithful both ways. You're set for success. Okay, Joshua wants the people to know that. Let's look at chapter 23. Let's read these first three verses together. It says, Now it came about after many days when the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies on every side. Right, That's what we said. Catch the time frame. Okay, they have rest from their enemies. Joshua was old, advanced in years. Joshua called for all Israel, for their elders, their heads, their judges, their officers, and said to them, I'm advanced, I'm old and advanced in years. You have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he who has been fighting for you. Okay, how are they gonna have success? First thing, okay, first thing, you have to remember what you have seen. Remember, remember what has happened. See, he's saying, remember, God has a track record of being faithful. He has a track record, right? It's, you know, there's, because of track record, because of a track record in your life, everyone in this room is confident that chair will hold you, right? Why? Because when you sit on chairs, they hold you, right? They hold you. Okay, that, that's reality. There's, I have a track record in my life. When I eat well, <laughs> I feel better, Right? Right? If you, eat, if you eat the right things, you feel better. If you exercise, you feel better. A, there's a track record. There's a track record here. And Joshua's saying, look, look, you've you got to recognize you're set for success. Look at the track record. Look what God has done. Trust him. Trust him. You are set for success. You're set up to go forward. There's more for you. Why? God has a track record. Think about what they've seen. They saw back early in the book, they saw the Jordan River open, right? They walked through. They saw the walls of Jericho when they shouted and blew trumpets, the walls fell down. Okay, the walls fell. They saw the sun stand still in the sky. There were seven nations in the promised land larger and stronger than the children of Israel. They all fell. They were given cities and houses and lands that they did not build or cultivate, and it was given to them. God had a track record with them. And he's saying, look, you've seen this. You've seen this. Remember, remember this. Look at verses 9 and 10. Next slide. Okay, look at this. He, Joshua's making it clear. For the Lord has driven out great, mighty nations from before you. And as for you, no one has stood against you to this day. One of your men puts a flight a thousand. For the Lord your God is he who fights for you, just as he promised. He's saying, remember. Remember what God has done. Remember. You know, remember is another way of saying repeat. Repeat after me, like we said last week, right? Again, repeat, re repetition, okay? He's saying, look back. You know, it's hard to be, it's hard to be depressed when you're thankful, okay? When you're, when you're remaining thankful. We need to look back in thanksgiving for what God has done. Amen. 
There is a power in thanksgiving that, that we all need to grasp and, and hold on to. God wants us to see it. It's, and again, it's su, su, God keeps us supernaturally and we don't realize it. One puts a thousand to flight, right? That's supernatural. That's supernatural. That doesn't just, that doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. Here's another thing too about, about track record. A man with inexperience is no longer at the mercy of a man with an argument. When you've experienced the power of God, nobody can tell you it's not real, right? That's why I pray that even our young people, they have supernatural experience with God. Why? Because a man with an experience is no longer at the mercy of a man with an argument, right? So again, so God's saying, look back. You have seen God move. You know, I just think what, what kind of courage and strength could be added to our lives? What kind of courage and strength could be added, added to Bill's life or added to Becky's life or, or Laura's life if we would just look back at the track record of God? Remember what we've seen. Remember what God has done. Strength would be added to you as you, as you look back. Okay. Secondly, secondly, listen, how do you know you're set up for success? Listen, only got to do one thing, obey God's word. Obey obey his word. And let's look at verses six to eight of chapter 23. Okay. And this is Joshua. Again, he's repeating something here. Say repeat, right? Man, he repeats things all the time. He says, be very firm to keep all that is written in the book of the law of Moses. So you may not turn aside from it to the right hand or to the left. Be firm, be strong, be resolute to do most of the things. No, it says all the things. All that do what the book says, and he says, you'll have success. That was in chapter one. God spoke that in chapter one. Joshua continues to refer to it. And now his last words, what's he want them to know? He says, look, you're set for success. He says, remember, look back in Thanksgiving and just obey. Do what he said. Because we've obeyed, one of you can put a thousand to flight. Hallelujah. Right? That's reality. That's reality that we live in because of who he is. Verse eight, you're to cling to the Lord as you've done to this day. Okay, so man, let, we're not gonna back off from repetition here. Okay, we're gonna keep repeating it. Peter says the same thing in the, his letter in the New Testament. He says, I'm never gonna go tired of reminding you of these things. Why? Because you keep forgetting. You keep forgetting. Okay, so man, we're gonna, we're gonna continue to this. Don't turn to the right or left. Man, man, just how many problems are in your life because you just simply won't obey what God says to do? Right? How many problems do we continue? We continue to be on the same path. Why? Because we won't obey. Just do what he says. Do what he says, and there is a good life ahead of us. So Joshua wants them to know you have success. There is success for you. There's success. Man, look back in Thanksgiving. Look back in Thanksgiving, obey. Listen to his words. Okay, so Joshua also wanted the next generation to know that there's still promises. There's promises that remain. They remain. See, they had rest in the land. They had rest in the land. Okay, remember, the army basically has been disbanded. They had cities, they had land. However, there was promises of more good. There's more land for you to have. There's a greater blessing that God wants to give, okay? Now, the promises of God take, okay, they take a focus on him, right? They take obedience, okay? But, but God's saying, look, there's more. There's more. See, because even though the main bodies of the armies were disbanded, okay, they, de they defeated the, the bulk of the army, there were still some pockets 
pockets of uh, people from the other lands. And let's see what Joshua says in verses 4 and 5. He says, I have allotted to you as your homeland all the land of the nations yet unconquered, unconquered, as well as the land of those who have already been conquered from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. This land is yours, for the Lord your God will himself drive out all the people living there now. You will take possession of their land just as the Lord your God promised you. Okay, what, what's going on here? Again, again, Joshua's reminding them that even though the big, obvious threats of the Canaanites are gone, there's still, there's still little enclaves of Canaanites in the land. And they need to be removed. They need to be removed. See, there's, there's a greater blessing. I've given you this land, but there's more land to take. And you need to take the land. Okay, again, because you, you're either going to take the land or the land, the people in the land are going to take you. How does this fit for us? Look, it's, it's like this. We have salvation, right? We know Jesus Christ. Amen? We know him. We're going to heaven. We got the big prize. Okay, but on our way from here to there, there's a greater blessings God has for us. To, that Listen, he just wants to bless you because you're a son or daughter. But also, also, we're to be a blessing to the world. Right? That was one of, the, one of the prophetic exhortations today. We're to be a blessing to the world. Okay, there, that's, that's on us. We, so I want, I want to expand my territory. Now, it's not a big enemy that's my problem. It's small enemies. It's the small things. It's the ones that aren't as obvious. It's the fear. Because you could see how the Israelites were saying, look, man, we've taken this land. Here's, 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 you know, here's the tribe of Asher. They've taken the land. Yeah, yeah, there's a few Philistines over there, but they're not worried about them. Look, they're living in peace. They know not to mess with us. All right? And so what did they do? They let them stay. They did let them, they did let them stay. He's saying, look, the little things, the less obvious things are a bigger problem. It's the small things that, that, that trip us up so often. You gotta remember, the devil is out to steal from you. He's out to steal, okay? And he wants, to, he wants to steal what God says is yours. See, but if you don't recognize there's more promises, you'll sit where you are. You'll say, it's not a bad place, it's just not as good as God has for you. There's more land to take. You know, recall, hopefully you know Song, Song of Solomon, chapter 2, there's a verse that says, it's the small foxes that spoil the vine. You know, in the, in the vineyards at, at, in that age, you would put um, a fence, you, you try to fence it in, block it in, and you could keep out large animals, but you couldn't keep small foxes from sneaking in. So it was the small things that stole the fruit, not the big animal. Big animals couldn't get in. Small ones could. In your life, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm not overly concerned about any of you committing murder in here. Okay? I'm really not. All right? But I am concerned about you committing spiritual suicide, right, on the installment plan of allowing little compromises all in a row. Okay? That was pretty good, huh? Okay, all right. God gave that to me right now. Okay, but, okay, but catch this. It's the small thing. It's the small thing that is our problem. How many see that in their life? Do you see that? It's the small thing. It's the small stuff. We'll get to that more in a moment. Okay, this land is yours. There are more promises to have. Look at these promises. Look at what you can have. Does anybody here have enough peace of mind? I could use a little more peace. How about joy? God, some of you need a lot of joy, right? You need joy. You need joy. Purpose, right? Better marriage. Better marriage. Relationships. Boldness. All right, prosperity. God wants you blessed materially. There's no one in this room that God's saying, I don't want to bless you materially. Do you hear that? No one is God saying, 
I don't want to bless you materially. No one. No one. Thing is, are you looking back in Thanksgiving, seeing what he's done, and are you obeying going forward? Right? Man, he has promises. These promises are there for all of us, all of us. So, man, and here's the thing. See, newfound success in our lives, like the Jews, they just had some newfound success. It's something to celebrate. It's something to enjoy. However, usually when we have success, we have a tendency to rest on the mountain. We, we, just, we set up camp on the mountain, and it's a good place. We took, we took the mountain. But we don't recognize, though, is there's another mountain, and when you walk up that mountain, there's even greater blessing. There's greater joy. There's greater purpose. But we have a tendency to stop right where you are. See, there's always another promise, and that, that should excite us. There's always more for Ryan. There's always more for Chuck. It's, it's a reality. Okay? And Joshua wants them to know that. There's more promises. Don't stop. Yeah, you've been given a lot, but there's more. Don't stop. Don't stop where you are. I mean, catch Joshua's heart here. Catch his heart. Don't stop with what you've been allotted here in August of 2023. You know, it's like, it's like look, you, you, if someone says, hey, you, you can, I'm paying for your trip. You can go to the ocean. You're going to be on the waterfront. You can watch sunrises every morning, appreciate the ocean. And we're saying, boy, that sounds really good. But on our way, we stop at the North Shore. And we say, you know, this is pretty nice. I'm going to, I'm going to stay on the North Shore. It's a shore, right? I thought that'd be funny. Okay, but it's, now you have a choice. It's most, so many of us settle on the North Shore. When God's saying there's so much more, why are you stopping here? Like, see, now, there's the thing. Our Father in heaven will never make you receive a blessing. You want to stay where you are? Fine. Fine. You want to stay there? I'll let you. I'll let you. But there is more. Joshua's saying there's more promises. Don't stop. Don't stop where you are. Man, God, help us. Help. Okay, so Joshua wants them to never forget. We've covered two things here. That next slide. He says you're set for success, and there are more promises. Set for success, more promises. Don't forget this. Aren't you thankful for God's faithfulness? So, I mean, he is so faithful, so faithful. He's faithful to forgive you. Aren't you glad he's faithful to forgive you, right? I appreciate that even this morning. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for his promises of provision and keeping us so thankful. You know, just as, you know, here's the thing. The Israelites, they knew God's promises, promises of protection and promises of victory, okay? But Joshua was reminding him that just as God is faithful to bless them, he's also faithful to judge them. Judge them. Let's look at verses 11 to 13, same chapter. He says, so take great care for yourselves to love the Lord your God. For if you ever go back and cling to the rest of those nations, which were, which, these which remain among you, and intermarry with them, and so that you associate with them and they with you, know with certainty the Lord your God will not continue to drive out these from before you, but they will be a snare and a trap to you, a whip on your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. See, God is faithful to his word to keep his promises, but we also need to recognize this is a promise of God. That's a promise. See, listen, for, with, one issue we have with Christianity in this, in this day still is so many treat it like an alternative lifestyle. 
your, listen, your spiritual well-being is a matter of life and death. That's what we believe as Christians. It's not, you, you don't get to pick and choose. God's saying, look, I will bless you. I will bless you. If you don't want my blessing, though, you're on your own. You're on your own. I will not chase out your enemies. So that's the thing. See, if we're not going to walk in obedience, you can't be crying out to God to deliver you from, from bad situations. He's saying, you're inviting them in. You're, I can't, I'm not going to, I will not drive out your enemies if you will not follow me. If you want to follow your own way, if you think you can run your life better than me, go ahead. But this is what's going to happen. All right? So he's, so, so catch this. See, God's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. Faithfulness cuts both ways, though. All right? And again, so there's a seriousness to our walk with God. Now, because we know how good God is, that doesn't scare us. Amen? Like today, those prophetic words. We serve a good God who's out for us. He's out for our good. So because of that, I'm not intimidated by it. I'm not worried about that. Why? I'm going to follow him. Why? Because smart people follow Jesus. Okay? Dumb people do their own thing. It's, it's, that's reality. That's reality. Okay? And it's easy to follow him because he's good. Man, some good preaching today. All right. Listen, catch, catch what he says here. He says, look, so if you're going to just, if you want to go back and lead your own life, this is what it'll be like. He says, first, I'm not going to be with you helping you deal with your stuff, okay, with your enemies. Second, he says, it'll become like a trap to you, like you're going to step in a trap, okay? You, like you step in an animal trap, right? You're, you're, you got claws in your ankle. But he says, then it gets worse, though. He says, it's like you get beat with a whip. And, then, you know, the only people who got flogged, beat with a whip, were people who were captured, so you get ensnared. Then he says, it's like you're getting beat. And then he says, you know what can be even worse? Get thorns in your eyes. I don't really want to think about that, right? None of us wants to think about that. But you get thorns in your eyes, you can't see. You're actually blinded. Blinded. One is worse than the other. Until he says, you lose everything. You lose everything. Until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. Whoa. Think it's serious. This is serious stuff here. In one generation, one they started to fall away from God. One generation, they stopped. You see why Joshua was concerned? In four, 400 years later, the last two tribes were hauled into captivity by Babylon. It took a while, but it happened, it happened. Man, okay, so how do we keep from this happening? How do we keep, how do we keep from falling prey to this, this foolish temptation? Well, this first, again, first, remember, got to remember, got to remember, every success is a partial success. There's always more victory to be had, and there's always a new enemy around the bend. You know, as you progress in God, the devil does not get afraid of you, okay? He's going to continue to tempt you. And again, we, there's a phrase some of you may have heard, you know, you get to a higher level, you get, you get grow in maturity, higher level, higher devil, Okay, you know, the devil's still going to come and he's still going to try to steal from you. And he's still going to try to destroy your life. How many can say, yes, that's true. I don't necessarily want to say amen to that, but it's true, right? Yes, that is true. He will do that. Okay, but, but the point is, though, just as he wants to come against you, there's more blessing. There's more anointing. That's good news. That is good news, isn't it? Man, that's, what, that's where I want to be living. See, the temptation, though, is to allow small compromise. We allow small compromise. And the Israelites here, very specifically, he gets into, you can't, you got to get rid of these people because you will start intermarrying with them. And if you intermarry with them, you're going to start following their gods. 
right? And it happened. That's what happened. Okay, how many of you know the story of Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, the wealthiest man of, the, of that age, right? He had such wisdom, and the things he accomplished were amazing. But by the end of his life, it, the scripture's very clear, he married foreign wives, okay, which he wasn't supposed to do, married foreign wives, they led his heart astray. That man introduced child sacrifice into Jerusalem. Okay, so listen, just because you start well doesn't mean you're going to end well. All right, so again, you can't start making small compromise. That's, we refuse to do that. What's it look like for us? Well, I, 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 you know, I haven't read that much in the past month, but yeah, I'll get back to it. That's a small compromise. We're told this, this, we need to know this book. Okay, why? Because this book holds secrets to life. Okay, don't, again, but it's a small compromise. Say, I know, I got to get around to that. Geez, I'm just, I'm just lazy. Wait, you know, lazy goes so long as an excuse, okay? And then you're stupid, right? Read the book. Don't, you see, that's a small compromise. It's a small compromise. It's a small compromise to say, uh, you know, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. If, if, if I don't go to church on Sunday, it's no big, you, know, you don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. You know, that's true, but it's not the whole truth, right? Because the scripture says we need one another. You can't do this alone. You can't, we're not designed to do it alone. And listen, you can be a Christian on your own. However, however, you cannot be a disciple and you will not walk in the promises of God. Can't do it. It's not designed that way. You know, connection groups are starting in a few weeks. Connection, or small groups, they're starting up. And, and some of you are already thinking, I'm not going this time. I'm not going this, this session. I want you to know that's a small compromise. That's a, why, because you're supposed to be together. We need one another. And, I, why, and you, not just because you need something, to you have to learn something, you do, but that's not the only reason. You have things to speak to me. You have things to speak to others. We do this together. It's a small compromise to say, we don't need these things. Listen, it's a small compromise. It's a small compromise when your kids' schedules dominate the weekend for parents. When your kids dominate your schedule, that, that's a compromise. Because you're, you're telling your kids, listen, you're telling your kids that, that their schedule and their sports schedules are more important than what God says. That's what we're doing. Now, I, look, we all understand there's a moment in time, yeah, missing something. That, that's fine. But when it's a, when it's a regular thing and, and your, your kid's schedule commands your schedule and puts God in second place, what you're telling them is God can be put in second place. Okay. Be set free today. Hallelujah. But again, we got to catch it. So Joshua's saying, keep moving. Don't let the blessings of God stop you from going forward and taking the land. And that's what happens. We're so blessed in our country, even with our kids. I get it. I get it, man. There's a pressure on parents. You feel like a bad parent if you don't give your kids a bunch of opportunities. I get it. I get, yeah, I understand that. But you got you to stand strong. You got to hear from God on these, on these things. Okay, who am I serving? Man, see, because we're blessed. We have blessing, we have opportunity, we have finance. Let's use it for the right thing. Typically, blessings are a problem. We see it scripturally. Jesus spoke it. He said how difficult it is for a rich man to get into heaven. Right? Wow. I, I don't have time to go there. Okay, they keep us from taking the land. That's the bottom line. They keep us from taking the land. And God is not playing. Throughout chapter 23, man, he speaks to these things. You can put up that verse 16, Joel. Uh, again, this is just another one. He speaks to these things saying, man, look, I'm serious. God's saying, I'm serious. Joshua's letting him know, God's serious. If you're not going to obey, there's going to be hell to pay. 
You're going to pay hell if, if you don't, you're not going to do this. So he's faithful to his word both ways. And Joshua's last words to us, you're set for success. Promises remain. God is faithful both ways. So the, chap, the book ends, chapter 24. Chapter 4, are you still with me? We doing good? Chapter 24, Joshua's drawing to, the, to a close here. This is kind of like his last, last words. And, and he's challenging the people. He's called them together. And, and he wants to remind them of the covenant of God and what's going on. Now, remember, these things matter, his last, his last words. And we're going to pick it up in verse 14. I encourage you, again, go back, read these chapters. He says, Now, therefore, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. You know what's interesting here is, again, these people knew the truth. They've been walking with him through all this. They've seen the power of God. But he still saw this need to say, put away the gods. And don't we need that still today? See, because, again, the biggest God that's, that's in competition with Jesus today is, is me, the person in the mirror. I want to be my own God. I want to determine I want to determine where, which way we go, all right? But he said, so even though they knew this, he's still repeating himself. Verse 15, if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served from which were beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in the land in which you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. He's saying, this is it. But you got to make a choice. You have to make a decision. What are you going to do? Are you going to serve, serve God or are you going to serve the other gods? You got to make a choice. Joshua's older. He's saying, man, this is my last words. This is important. You've got to remember this. So, of course, the people's response was, yes, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. Okay, look at verse 19. Last script. Well, again, just look at this. this I want to take time with this. Then Joshua said to people, after they said yes, he says, you won't be able to serve the Lord. He's a holy God. He's a jealous God. He'll not forgive you your, your wrong, wrongdoing or your sins. If you abandon the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and do to you harm and destroy you after, he's, after he has done good to you. Right? So they say, yes, we'll serve. And Joshua says, no, you won't. Is he trying to depress them? No. Again, think it through. He's saying, I'm not going to take a quick answer. I don't want the emotional response. I want you to think about what you're doing. I want you to think about it. Will you serve God? Don't just tell, everybody will say yes emotionally, but will you do it? The people, of course, responded and said, yes, we will serve the Lord our God, we'll obey his voice. Amen. That led Joshua to this, chapter 24, verse 26. Aaron, if you could come up. It says, Joshua, this is because they did that, it says, Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God. He took a large stone, set it up there under the oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. Then Joshua said to the people, behold, this stone shall be a witness against us because it's heard all the words of the Lord, which he spoke to us. So it shall be a witness against you that you do not deny your God. See, what they would do back then quite often is they would set up a mound of stones and they would say, look, this in the future, when you look at this, you'll remember. You'll remember God parted the Jordan River, right? And here he's saying, look, we're, we're here. We're, we're re-upping on the covenant is what he's saying. Okay, we're doing the covenant again. You're going you're gonna to recommit to the covenant of God. That's what he's speaking. He says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a big stone. 
I'm gonna get a big stone. And this, when you look at this stone and your kids say, why is this stone here? You're gonna say, well, that stone is there to bear witness to us that we said we would serve God. And we have a stone here today. If you guys could bring that up. You know, this is, again, I wanna encourage you today. Listen, I'm challenging you to recommit, recommit to the covenant of God. That today you say, as we end the book of Joshua, you can go to that last slide, please, Joel. You can, go, you can look at the book of Joshua and like them, you can say, yes, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. And again, see, when they looked at that stone, when they would look at that stone, they'd say, this is what it's saying. It's saying, we will serve God. It's for me and my wife and my house, we are gonna serve the king. That's who we're gonna serve. And this is one that said, we've gotten this for our house, for our home. And I'm telling you, again, speaking as someone who's, who's a little older than most of you, that, I, again, I would like to have done this many years ago. Uh, we had something like this in our house, but it was just a decoration, okay? But right now, listen, I, I challenge you, particularly young families, whoever, why not? Why not get a stone like they did in Joshua chapter 24 and set a stone? And that stone's not for decoration. That stone's that everybody looks at that. And you can tell your kids, I want you to know, that, that's not a decoration, that's a statement. That's a declaration. That as for this house, we will serve Jesus Christ. And it stands as a renewal of the covenant of God. A renewal of the covenant. So right now, what we want to do, I said, I want to renew the covenant. I want to renew my commitment to him. If, if you want to do that, okay, now think about it, right? If you want to do that, I want you to stand. And we're going, to read, we're going to recommit to the covenant of Jesus Christ. Thank you, guys. If you want to recommit, say, yes, I want to re-up. I'm saying, just like the, the children of Israel, just like the children of Israel, I want to say, yes, yes, I will recommit, God. You're the, you're the one I'm going to serve. As for me and my house, we will serve God. And God sees you standing up, see? And the stone's a witness. I encourage you, get your own stone. Set it up, make a statement, make a declaration. Tell people it's not just a decoration, it's a declaration. Let's pray. Father, we come before you, and God, we thank you for what we've learned from Joshua. Father, God, just to ask, Lord God, Father, we would recognize your promises. God, that we are set for success. That means God is for you today. That's God is for you. God says promises remain. You may think I blew it. I don't deserve the promises. That's true. You don't. But the promises still remain. The promises, Joshua wants us to know that. And thirdly, we know, God, you're faithful both ways. God, this is serious. This is serious. And Father God, you see, you see the testimony of those here. God saying, I will serve the Lord. Let's just say this together. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Ready? One, two, three. As for me and my house, okay, let's just do it one more time. Again, just from the heart. One, two, three. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Father God, you've heard the declaration. God, and, and we, one thing, help us catch you're excited about that declaration. The Father in heaven is excited. He looks for sons and daughters who want to commit to him and say, yes, yes. And God, again, let, let, let this stand as August 20th, stand as a witness to us. We are committed to serve you. And it's easy 
because you have me set for success. It is easy because promises remain and it's easy because you are faithful. You are faithful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let it sink into our souls. In Jesus' name, they all said, amen. You may be seated at this time. Give the Lord a hand. Amen. Amen. And again, just, just if, again, if there's anyone here, if there's anyone here, again, that you, you know you're not in a place where he's the Lord of your life, and you've never made that commitment. You don't have a time in your life where you've said, yep, this is it. This is the day. We don't want you to leave today without hearing about what that reality means to serve God, to, to, lift, to know what it means to follow him. Okay, because it, there's something to it. When we sing about Jesus the way we did, there's something more to that than just entering into a building. Amen? Amen. Amen. So if you're here today, don't leave without getting the connection point. Grab me personally. We want to share with you that reality. Amen. Sam, here you go.